Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep. In-store or online at mattressfirm.com today. The Big Bark Listen Up Dog Owners is for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. Hello and a very big welcome back to the Big Bark Podcast. This is the podcast, the number one rated doggy podcast in Ireland that brings you the latest news from the canine world and it is absolutely crazy about all breeds of dogs. We love everything from your little chihuahuas to your Bijan Frasers right up to your Rottweilers and your same, uh, your same bird. Your St. Bernard's and your Bernese Mountain Dogs. I was about to say St. Bernese there. I'm tired. It's been a long day. So, we've had a great few weeks. Over the last few weeks, we've had some wonderful episodes. From our episode with Dog Friendly Ireland. To our various uh, trainers that we've had on recently. Including Carrie Hold and Maeve Humphreys. As well as having Danny Brady on recently. Talking about all things force-free grooming. And last week we had Samantha Ross and our mirrors. Now, Samantha, I just want to talk to about this episode for a minute. Samantha's episode was absolutely fantastic content. But unfortunately, as things happen from time to time, the audio quality was absolutely, utterly crap. Which is no fault of my wonderful Podrack P4 or my skills that I developed over the last year in editing audio. It was actually because of Zoom's, the uh, Zoom conference as a software that we use to record remote interviews. And unless you have a really stable connection on that, uh, the audio quality can come out pretty terrible at times. So I would like to apologize to everyone uh, just for the audio being really, really bad. But look, let's move on from that. We've had great feedback. We've had uh, wonderful reviews on our podcast. We've hit the number one spot four weeks in a row running in the podcast charts for pets and animals in Ireland on the Apple podcast charts, that is. No idea what the story is with Spotify podcast charts. I don't even know if they actually exist or not. But all the same, let's move on from that and let's focus on today's episode. Today we have the wonderful Jenny and Rosie from Haven Rescue in County Tipperary. Haven do such amazing work for all animals across the Tipperary region and we are delighted to have Jenny and Rosie joining us right now on the line. Uh, Jenny, Rosie, welcome to the Big Back. Thank you, thanks for having us. No problem. So, okay guys, uh, tell me, first of all, a small bit uh, about Haven Rescue, give us a bit of background for people who don't know about you, uh, when did it start and such as how many people are involved and what kind of animals do you mainly care for? So the Haven Rescue was started in, was it 2017? Yeah. In 2017, so what, nearly five years ago now. Um, so 
there's a couple of people involved and um, it's about six people in the very beginning and those six people are still with us and um, so they're we're foster based so everything is out in a foster home where we can fit them into a foster home so we have two canine behaviors on the team as well rosie and brian and um, so the dogs come into us first they're surrendered from just people just wanting to get rid of their dogs or people that are moving house and can't keep them and uh, we work a lot with the pounds all the pounds across ireland so we would take an awful lot of dogs from me dog pound and um, from ross common from longford watford every limerick everywhere and anywhere and um, so the dogs then they come to us so first port of call is they go to the vets to get whatever little bits and pieces they need done so usually they go in and they kind of they get their nutrient, they get their vaccinations, they get their microchips and they get their worms and their worming and defleeing. Um, and then depending on what type of dog it is and what foster homes we have available, they'll go out to a foster home or they'll go to one of our behaviours to be assessed first. Um, so they kind of recover there for a couple of days, see what they're like, see what they like, what they don't like, if they're getting on with other dogs or if they're not. Um, and then they're kind of matched out to a foster home. So we have about 20 foster homes kind of give or take. Um, at any one time so everyone nobody gets paid everyone's a volunteer so they bring the dogs into their own home they get them used to being in the house being around other dogs out walking trips in the car and stuff like that um, and then they kind of build a little bit of a profile for them um, and then they start to be advertised so they go up on our social medias so Instagram and Facebook um, and then we try and find them homes so we would deal an awful lot in kind of lurches and greyhounds um so sometimes we have to work with rescues in the uk so we work with three um greyhound protection uk norfolk greyhound rescue and almost home and um, so the guys there they can take some dogs off us when they have space and they find them homes um, and then we work with our rescues in sweden and italy and we even sent dogs to america last year and um, so they're kind of scattered all over the world now um and yeah, that's about it. I suppose it started very small and it kind of got very big very quickly. Um, so at any one time now, at the minute we could have God, 40 or 50 40. or 60 dogs at a time. Um, so our food bill is about 150 to 200 a week. So it doesn't take long totaling up that. Um, then we do have to use kennels. We use overflow kennels um, just because... We have so many dogs at the minute and then some kind of can't. They need a little bit more time to kind of decompress from the situation that they've come out of. Um, and we find kennels can be kind of a little bit useful like that. They can just kind of well, chill out for a little while until you try and bring them into a home. Because sometimes it's just too much to try and get a dog to that has come from a situation and try and fit them into a house straight away. They just can't cope with it. Um, so God, our kennel bill could be I don't want to say it stands, it stands at two seven there at the minute. Yeah, so it'll be about yeah about three four hundred <laughs> a week, which is a lot of a lot of money. Um, so yeah, that's kind of about it. We take everything of anything. So I think the smallest dog we've had is a one point seven kilo chihuahua, and then the biggest dog we've had like is a fifty and sixty kilo greyhound. So we do the very tiny to the very large. So yeah, that's kind of. In, it, in a nutshell. That's very good. And like I suppose, like every rescue over the last 15 months, I imagine you've been really hit by by COVID. Yeah, I suppose COVID hit us 
it hit back in, well, whenever it hit, back last March. Um, so we had an awful lot of dogs that had been booked to go to Italy and had been booked to go to Sweden. And obviously then, because everything shut down, those dogs couldn't travel. Um, so we ended up having to use kennels. Then all those dogs went out to kennels. And at one point, I think we had nearly 40 dogs in kennels, as well as dogs in foster homes, because they were all booked and their families were waiting for them. And obviously they couldn't travel. Um, and then we kind of got a little bit of a relief and those dogs were able to travel. And then I suppose it came the surge of people just give me a dog, any dog. I don't care if it's a St. Bernard and I live in the highest apartment in Dublin or if I live in the middle of nowhere and I want the tiniest chihuahua. And people just went absolutely crazy, just anything. We've put up pictures of probably Bridget and her puppies there the last couple of weeks and we were just getting message after message saying, I want one, just book me one. Just just give me a puppy, any puppy. Um, I suppose people haven't kind of some people did put in the research, but then some people didn't. They just went out and grabbed anything that they could. So we're kind of bracing ourselves for the impact of all those dogs starting to come into us. And we've already seen it. We've seen Benji was a collie that was in Carlo Kilkenny Pound. He came to us at nine months old. His family um, just didn't want him anymore. Nine months had gotten him at the start of the pandemic. Never did anything with him. Just had him in the house, had him in the back garden. Never socialised him with other dogs. Um, and he was hard work when he came. Like yeah. no one would else would take him from the pound. Um, he was hard work to get going around with other dogs. He would bark and in your face, and he was a really mad, active, high energy dog that just had literally nothing done with him whatsoever. Um, but he travelled to Sweden there a couple of weeks. Well, last week or the week before, he flew out of Dublin Airport, so he's getting on great in Sweden. He has an amazing life ahead of him. But he is one dog that, and not going to be the last dog is the victim of the pandemic of people just not thinking like collies require a huge amount of exercise and some people just don't give them we had Mila as well who was a collie springer again another nine months out the door once her cuteness had left her she was gone Ozzy is another one a bull lurcher we've had him for just over nearly a year now and he's been in kennels just he's mad active and he had literally no training when he came um, he was a puppy, a really, really cute puppy. All puppies are really cute, but was left to get away with blue murder. So he has no problem jumping on your head and trying to be carried around on the top of your head because that's the way he was treated as a puppy. And now it's the rescues that are having to pick up pieces of it because the novelty wore off and it was very easy for a family to get rid of him. But we're the ones left trying to clean up after it. And it's only the start of it as well. Yeah, definitely agree. And it's something that just, I, I suppose I've seen a lot myself. Uh, talking Tim Kirby from Pet Bond over recent months and I think even with uh, Pete Weatherburn as well uh, been talking a lot to them about this and it, it is something that we've seen throughout COVID like people didn't think of the pandemic will eventually end yeah, and yeah. all they thought of like, was I want a puppy to keep me occupied now they never thought of when they're going to go back to like a working environment and what's going to happen to that puppy then yeah, and we found out when we were getting contacted, like we were getting between 30 and 40 messages a day for people applying for dogs. And our first question was always going to happen, what's your plan post-COVID? And most people were like, well, I'm going back to work. And when we put the question to them, what's, what are you going to do with the dog? Most people didn't know. They just it's not even, they just hadn't thought about it. They hadn't thought about, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to be here for the next year or six months or 
until after Christmas. But what happens after Christmas? Do you know that kind of way? Um, now, and some people got very irate with us when we came back and we said to them, no, like, you have to have a plan in action. Like, do you know, there's loads of facilities now, dog parks and there's dog sitters and there's doggy daycare and all this, or there's the grandparents or there's the neighbour down the road. Do you know, people, people would need to have a plan in action and in, ready, um, to go. ready to go for when you go back to work what is what are you going to do when you eventually when life kicks back in and normality starts again yeah and to be honest like does i suppose that's something that like like i said a, a lot of people haven't been taught at what's going to happen like post-covid and i think it's not just rescues we've seen a huge amount like if you look as well at i suppose all the breeders are out there and I'd be one like, and especially on the show, be one for always look at a shelter first. Uh, try like, there's plenty of dogs who are looking for their forever homes. There have been in a shelter for say nine, twelve months, or even longer in some cases. But it's it's been really strange. You've seen this, I suppose, this demand for dogs that's been there that we've never seen before. And no, it, no, with breeders not, especially, it's driving. It's like it's like. It, it's hard to describe it's like a price war nearly at this stage the price like i've seen like some labradors uh like i have two labs here myself and i've seen some labradors online that are costing like three four thousand now it's it's insane yeah the, yeah, the prices yeah but most of most of these and um, most of them are puppies they're only getting the first facts um and some of them aren't even even microchipped do you know and it's been lost since 20 what 13 13 whatever yeah whatever 24 a long time yeah that all dogs have to be so microchips whereas it just wasn't happening and but yet people are willing to go out to spend two to four thousand on these puppies and they will probably be the first people that will contact us and say well you have to take this dog on tuesday because i need it gone out my house because i'm going back to work yeah i suppose an awful lot of those puppies as well they were taken off their mams very young like puppies should stay with their mams until they're 12 at least yeah. at a minimum and we've seen it here puppies we got a litter of lurcher puppies like maybe three or four years ago and one had been taken away at six weeks and then we managed to get the mum and the rest of them at i think there were nine ten weeks and that puppy that had been taken away at six weeks actually came back when we were taking the other ones but you could see the complete difference of he had been split from his family at six weeks and the puppies that were still with their mum like they were complete just the socialization is completely different and even that family still struggle with his socialization now because of that extra three weeks. It wouldn't have done any harm for him to stay with his mum for another three weeks. But the impacts for the rest of his life are there now. And I suppose people are going to have to start dealing with that as well. Puppies that weren't left long enough with their mums. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay, so I want to talk to you a bit about, you mentioned that... Um, a lot of dogs go to the UK and you have one dog that went to Sweden. So this is something that's like been really seen, especially like with Lurchers and Greyhounds over the last number of years, that the quality of life that they're getting from going to these European countries, like rather than, I suppose, rather than being adopted here in Ireland, the quality of life seems so much higher for them over there. Yeah, I suppose we- in Sweden there's not, there's not pounds in Sweden. Like it doesn't happen that your neighbour has their dog chained out in the back garden for six months and you drive past and oh that's just Joe Bloggs. He always does that. Like that doesn't happen in Sweden. Families like it's very rare, I suppose, to find a rescue dog in Sweden. Like they have waiting lists and 
families, yeah. I think they think about it an awful lot longer out there. Um, just the, the welfare here in Ireland, there's nobody to enforce it, I suppose, as much. Like as there probably is quite a good law, but there's just the enforcement of it isn't there. Yeah, um, and that's not dissing anybody in like your local dog worlds. They have too big of an area to cover. Like one person can't cover the area. You know, like they're, they're, they're they're, I think type. there's two dog wardens for Tipperary and the size of Tipperary. Like it's not possible for him. If something happens in Cashel one day and something happens in... Well, another day, like he's not. There's no possible way for him to cover that ground. Um, so unfortunately, the resources are not there just to get in and and cover the everything that needs to be done for animal welfare. Um, yeah, and I suppose as well, if you're looking at like, like there are laws that are looking, they're looking to introduce. Like if you look even up till recently, an animal like a dog, like a cat or anything was considered a piece of property. They weren't actually considered yeah. living beings. Yeah, they weren't. So, like, we had Dr. Sharon Alston on there last year on the show uh, back last August. And she was working with, I think it was a TD down in County Wexford to try and get legislation pushed through. And I think some of that legislation has actually gone through where dogs are no longer actually considered this piece of property anymore yeah. which is it's great to see but we have a long way to go here now. yeah oh definitely yeah yeah but a lot of people still see it like there's no problem with next door's dog being chained Do you know like that whereas in the uk or sweden or any like them country that does not happen um so it's a pity that ireland won't come forward and come out of the dark ages around animal welfare and be a little bit more proactive about these things definitely and talk about animal welfare like uh, suppose we see a huge amount of cruelty cases in in Ireland I know I definitely saw I saw one I think it was on your own uh, Instagram story not so long ago there, I think it was like last week a uh, case of one of these um, sulkies up in was it Tullamore I think and going down the wrong way down Runway Street and it was only a fall I, I believe if I'm right and yeah the the sulky turned over and yeah. the two little I suppose call them what you will the hooligans tugs is what I call them yeah. who have no respect for animal life and they just took off yeah well, you see that's the problem as well they're so easy to commandeer those little horses like they're being bred out of every single mare that can be put in full they're just bred and they have no regard for well, what am I going to do with it? Like, even if you drive down through Tipperary, you see fields of like horses just breeding everywhere. <laughs> um, and I suppose like those kids, they shouldn't be allowed. Like, it's dangerous for them. It's dangerous for the horse, and it's dangerous for the person that's coming against them in a car because those horses are so young. They're not. Their bones aren't properly formed. They shouldn't be out beating their legs off tarmac, trotting up and down. Like it wrecks their tendons, it wrecks their hoofs, it wrecks them for the rest of their life. And they're only babies themselves. Like they don't they don't understand about cars coming to them and they get scared and they can bolt and they can do serious like they can do serious damage to themselves, they can do serious damage to oncoming cars and they can have the possibility of killing killing people. Like they're they're animals, they are heavy, they're big and they can cause an awful lot of damage to people. Yeah, and children being in charge of them is just like there's nobody there to, to stop them and, or to take charge and say this is not right and this is not what should be done. Like a child doesn't have the strength to pull up one of those horses no matter how young the horse is. They don't physically have the strength. 
to manage what they're running up and down the road like it's ridiculous and i i think a lot of that comes back to again the enforcement of the legislation that's there it's yeah, exactly. like yeah i suppose it's very hard for if in an ideal world if we're spotted out on the road and the horses and chips it should be lifted there and then but yeah, yeah. where's like where's the facilities to do that where is the manpower to do that in an ideal world that horse should be gone but yeah where do you put them or how do you cope with it Exactly, and like, look, I suppose, like, you always hear, like, the guardie can't seize a horse unknown, they have to have, like, an animal inspector there with them. Yeah, like, and they, can't, they can't fit a horse in the back of the squad car, like, so what are you going to do? Where exactly. are you going to put them? And there's yeah. just not the manpower there to take, lift it and go. Yeah, and I suppose the, the bigger issue, too, is, like, when you see children as young as, like, oh, nine, ten, on, on these, like, on these horse traps and... They're like you won't put them behind the wheel of a car. So why are they like why are they out on the road? Uh, yeah, like, yeah the car has airbags. Like they yeah. have nothing up on them. Exactly. So I want to talk to you next a little bit about like uh, okay. So I did see on your Instagram that you have a big GoFundMe, which was for your vet bills and funding and obviously fundraising like for any animal charity is a massive massive thing but talk to me a bit about the GoFundMe campaigns that you have run at the moment so we have one big one that was set up kind of at the beginning of the pandemic last year it was we had vet bills of about twenty five thousand that were just sitting there that weren't they just weren't going down they were getting higher and higher and higher and so i suppose that was started and that one is nearly finished um, so we've nearly reached the target of 25,000 but all that money has already cleared like it's has gone. been going to to clear the vets um, so I suppose I think our current bill at the minute is as of last week it was about 10,500 um, and I suppose every week we depending on what dogs go on we put about maybe 1,500-1,600 on the bill every, every single week, week. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. so it's an awful lot of money and that's that's all going well like um, last week, Esk was um, a dog that came in, and her teeth were so rotten she needed to get her jaw broke and get wires placed in her jaw. So that was a an unexpected cost that had to go on the bill and build the bill up even more. Um, I suppose there's five dogs going in tomorrow. You're looking at another, I'd say about maybe thousand, fifteen hundred, depending on how good they are, how good they're not. Um. So, yeah, I suppose it is a bit of a worry and it's a bit of a stress, I suppose, when you can't go do your your pub quizzes and your raffle nights and your your table quizzes and stuff like that. Like there's That no, we would have been doing before. Like we would have been... You can't do a book collection. We used to always do a book collection inside in Ross Great. You can't do that. So that's two years of book collections or down. Or a church gate collection or something. Like all our, all our previous fundraising, you know, there has been no way of doing it. So... There's a couple of fundraisers, I suppose, a couple of people um, kind of started doing GoFundMe's and stuff. Um, people that adopted dogs from us. There's a girl, Lucy, she does makeup. Um, she ran a GoFundMe, she raffled off some Sosumi pallets and stuff. She raised nearly eight, nearly 900 euro. Um, so that, that will be coming off the bill this week. So yeah, I suppose it's just a, a constant trying to figure to juggle how to do it in the new COVID kind of world but still trying to raise money at the same time yeah absolutely 
Well look, you're doing absolutely fantastic work and we'll keep an eye on your Instagram page, we'll keep sharing for you and we'll make sure that we keep raising the awareness for you as well. Looking for homes there, so if anybody is interested in a black greyhound, because <laughs> we have lots of them at the minute, or any dogs, um, just send them our direction. Send them our direction. Fantastic. And how do people get in touch with um, probably our main is our Facebook page. Um, a couple of ads on it. Everybody works full time. So the page has three or four admins. So everybody, you know, people are keeping an eye to it nearly the whole time. Um, so we would ask people to give a shout to the Facebook page um, or the Instagram page. Also, there's a number up on it. Um, obviously, we work full time. So if we can't answer the phone, we nearly always come back to you on a Facebook message or something like that. But yeah, um give the page a like and, and give it a share fantastic uh, Jenny and Rosie from Haven Rescue in County Tiberi thank you both so much for joining me on the Big Bear been an absolute pleasure to talk to you both this evening thank you very much thank you and that's all the time that we have today so thanks to everyone for listening to us and thanks to Jenny and Rosie for joining us again wonderful to have an absolutely incredible rescue like Haven on the show and if there's any other, I suppose, rescues or any other pet-related businesses or professionals out there who want to get involved with the show, be sure to email us on studio at bigbark.ie. If you are looking to get more involved with the show itself, and maybe come on, like, if you have a passion for dogs and come on as a guest co-host, or if you'd like to get involved in the show, like, more in the long run as well, anyone who wants to get involved in any way, email us studio at bigbark.ie we are always open to talking to anybody who loves doggies and like look we are we're all crazy about our dogs here and well yeah that's basically all there is to today's show so be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram and on twitter you'll find us at the big bear podcast on all of those you'll find us on tiktok at the big bear podcast or find all our previous episodes on spotify on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and you'll find them all under the Big Bear Dog Podcast there because we have to be a little bit more specific to get us to rise a bit more on the ranks. Great all the optimization there, you know. I know some of you listening have no idea what that even means. But I'm gonna stop rambling on now because I tend to do a lot of this and I don't want to do too much of it today. But all I can say is have an absolutely fantastic week and give your doggy, as always, lots of cuddles. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. No idea who the guest is yet, but we'll figure it out as we go. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. The Big Bark, listen up, dog owners. It's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark.